Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. It's good to see some faces today. Okay, I got a little cracked up, though. I saw Jerry's face when y'all walked in, and Jerry was like, really, the front row? You snooze, you lose. Get up and work them chickens faster. That's all I got to tell you. If you want that back pew, you got to be fast. You got to be real fast. I just saw that stutter step when y'all were coming in. I loved it. Today, my sermon is actually uh, was inspired by another pastor's sermon, Pastor Pierre Duplessis. He's from South Africa, actually. And sometimes, um, as a pastor, when you're trying to soak up a little of the word and refresh yourself, it just inspires, and this message so inspired me. It's about shadows. I should have had, I wish I'd have had more forethought. I could have had kids do like shadow puppets. Anybody good at shadow puppets in here? Oh, Thomas is not a kid, but he's back there doing shadow puppets, yes. We could have had a whole shadow puppet show today. How many of you, you did shadow puppets for your kids? Come on, be honest. Yeah. You, you do it, Tori? You, you, what's their favorite shadow puppet? Do you, have a, do you have a certain, like, are you a dog? Are you a bird? Bird. Yeah, that's me. Birdie. Woo! Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do everything else uh, if I tried. You need three basic things to make shadows, right? We know this. You need a light source, right? You need some kind of object usually our hands or whatever. And then you need whatever point of contact to cast the shadow onto. Basic elementary shadows. And there's this figure of speech that we've all heard before when we live in someone else's shadow, right? You know what I'm talking about? You've heard that said before. Every person cast a shadow. So every one of you, this is about you today. Everybody casts a shadow. And at some point, we all have to acknowledge that um, just in a basic realm, our parents are sort of the first shadows that are cast in our life, right? So at some point, we realize that the, the lives of our parents was that first shadow that we lived in. And we begin to understand how their life, their shadow, even lives in us. Oh, have you ever done that? Like, I'm never going to be like my parent. And then it comes out of your mouth. Like, you say something you swore you would never say like your mom or your dad, right? And this is good or even bad. None of us get to escape the shadows of our parents, right? So maybe maybe you had great parents, and so that shadow is it's strong, it's life-giving, it's love, it's it's got a great Christian background, and that's wonderful. But then sometimes some of us not so blessed with that. We have the shadows that came out of violence and addictions and things that we had no control over in our parents' lives. And sometimes it's the emptiness of the shadow. There are people that maybe they didn't have the mom and dad contact. Maybe they don't even know who mom and dad was. But it still leaves a shadow, doesn't it? It still begins to shape who we are. And that's what we're talking about. The point is, we all live under these shadows, and it makes us who we are. It begins to shape who we look like. 
And it doesn't mean, though, let me, let me make this very clear when I say this, when I say it shapes us, doesn't mean it defines us. It does not define who you and I become. So even if you were one of those that I spoke of that maybe those shadows were negative in your life, it does not define you. It does not define how your story goes. And parents are only the beginning of the shadows we feel in our lives. There are so many other people that we come in contact with. Teachers, wow, y'all play a huge part in the shaping of our children. Other people that you come in contact with, you know, why it matters who, this is why it matters who you hang out with. You know, Craig Rochelle likes to say a lot of times, he'll say, uh, show me your friends, I'll show you your life. It does matter whose shadows you're hanging out in. So the question today, though, here's the question that I want you to, to really take home with you. Have you ever considered that people are living in your shadow and what that means? Now, there's three type of people living in your shadow. There's some that are by choice, right? We, we naturally, there are people that we are drawn to that I choose to spend time with. Because I want to be more like them. So I choose. I have a choice. And then there's another set of people that it's purely proximity. In other words, this is family members. This is your co-workers. So like you you don't really have a choice. Like, I got to show up at Thanksgiving, so it just is what it is, right? Mom and dad, I live with you. It is what it is. That's proximity. It's not necessarily that you choose. That, that person you work every day with at work, not exactly your choice all the time. And then the third set is the accidents, or I like to think of them as divine acquaintance. I'm not sure I believe in accidents. And these are the, the people that we bump into, and sometimes on a regular basis. Like, I have, anybody else, I have people that check me out at Walmart that, I almost think of them as friends because I, I search them out. Like, I want to check out in their lane because, one, they're fast, they're efficient, and they're very kind. <laughs> and and so it's to the point, like, I have this one lady that I check out so often at that she can tell when I start putting groceries up. She's like, oh, your kids are home from college, aren't they? <laughs> she knows that much about my life to know the difference between my grocery shopping and Alex grocery shopping. It's a huge, huge difference, I just got to tell you. But these are the divine acquaintance, the, the accidentals that maybe we're not seeking them out, they're not seeking us out, it just happens, but you still have influence in their life. So whether it's by choice, whether it's by proximity, whether it's a, a divine acquaintance, they're looking at you. Remember, when I'm talking about your shadow, it's your life. And they're looking at your shadow and they're asking, is this the kind of person I want to be? When I was in 11th grade, Mrs. Egburn was my teacher, uh, English teacher, and she just rocked it. We loved Mrs. Egburn. And she was one of those teachers that she got to know us beyond the classroom, and like we, you know, did the research papers. I think I shared this with you before. And, and to celebrate the end of research papers, we all had a sleepover at her house, you know? Those was the kind of shadows. 
In fact, I, I, I wanted to be a teacher because of her. Longer story to figure out why I'm here and I'm not a teacher, but a lot of it was me dodging too. But she influenced me in that way. And she influenced me because she was a caring person. She cared about our individual lives, not just the grade she had to give us. Now, I want to take this thought of shadows and elevate it, though. Someone in your shadow is watching you today, been watching you for quite a while, and they're basing their decision, they're watching your life, and they're determining whether they want to follow Jesus or not, based on your shadow. Whoa, BJ, I didn't ask for all of that responsibility, right? Like, no, your shadow has influence whether you want it to or not. And that's just the stark reality of it. Turn with me to Acts chapter 20 this morning. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And this is Paul. Now, Paul, he uh, winds up having the leaders of Ephesus kind of meet him. And this is, he's talking to them in this meeting. And in verse 24, let me, let me back up. Sorry, Bo, I'll throw this out. Don't worry about it. Verse 22, it says, And now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. Except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful Grace of God. Think of it this way. We all sort of have that innate drive to be remembered. Can we kind of agree with that? I mean, it really is built into our DNA. It's why we want to have kids to pass on a name, a legacy, right? It's just built into us. Whether we want to or not, but sometimes we're remembered for that one moment. And it doesn't even matter what else we do in life. Sometimes something happens that changes everything of how someone will remember us. Bo, I gave you some pictures. Can you pop me one up? And we're just going to paint a cold little Bernie right here and give him some happy little mittens. Oh, I know y'all have seen these this week, right? Next one, when your pastor refuses to adjust the thermostat at church, amen, Sandy, we, we like that, right? And finally, the last one, when the new guy steals your seat in church. When you show up late, Jerry, and you don't get that pew, do you? We could sit here and do, I, I love it. Now, I would have never in my life voted for Bernie Sanders ever, but bless him, Lord. He has united our country this week. It was the best thing that I saw all week long. It just, me and Brittany sat on the, the couch last night exchanging all these memes, and then she found on Instagram, there. guess what? There's a filter. You can be Bernie. I should have put your picture up there, Brittany. Got your little mittens and everything. Yeah. And I'm thinking of all the things we could talk about, Bernie Sanders, good or bad, this is the shadow we're going to remember forever. 
You know, deep down, we all want to be remembered for something good. I really believe that. Although we know there's going to be people that what we remember about them, it's going to be negative. And I think even more sad is the life that remained invisible and therefore seems forgotten even. And honestly, I don't even know that that's truth. But the question still remains, for what will you be remembered? Because see, Paul is talking about what he deems the most important. He says, my life is nothing unless I'm telling people about Jesus. That's what the essence. And and look, he even says, you know, I've got this feeling. Everything keeps coming to me. The spirit just keeps telling me, man, my life, it's not going to end very good. I'm going to wind up in jail and and I'm going to have to to suffer. Which tells me life just happens. Sometimes there's bad stuff. But we all have this one purpose in common. Every single one of us to tell people about Jesus. What does Jesus tell them uh, before he leaves? Go make Christ-like disciples. So there's five things, and I'll, don't worry, when you hear the word five, I know you go, oh, wow, she's got one of those sermons today. Nah, we'll, we'll buzz through this, I promise. Five things about being intentional. That's what I want you to be today. Intentional about your life so that you have an impactful shadow on other people. First of all, your shadow has influence whether you want it to or not. This is the most important concept you can get today because some of you are sitting here going, I'm telling you, I just didn't sign up for all this responsibility. BJ, I just showed up. It's Sunday. This is what I do. I show up on Sunday. That's all I do, okay? Mm -mm. Whether you want it to or not. You have to understand your life, your shadow is impacting other people and their search in Christ. You you can't compart you you can't put it in different compartments. This is Sunday, so I'm I'm a Jesus person today. Saturday night, we're not gonna talk about Saturday night, but today I'm Jesus. And then you know, Monday through Friday, I'm that person at work and you know. No. When you tell somebody you're a Christian, you just changed all seven days of the week for you. Your shadow impacts other people. So as a Christian, we need to understand this influence. And maybe you have not realized it. Maybe you have not realized that there are people in your life by choice, proximity, or divine acquaintance. But today you know that. A life that is casting a godly shadow outside of these walls, by the way. You know, Brittany sang that song, he leaves the 99 to go find the one. Guess what? You're the 99. Out there's the one. And so our life, when we're casting a godly shadow, it helps to move others towards God. Because they see something in us that they want. Even if you're the peaceful, quiet introvert. You know, some of us... I know not every one of you could step up here on this stage and just, I know that. But even as an introvert, you're leading people towards or away from God. 
a compromised, self-centered life outside of these walls, meaning you're just living life by your standards and, and not by his, could be moving people further away from God. Because they see the hypocrisy in our lives, right? When I was a teenager and the couple of times that I went to, to church services, you know, I'm sitting next to some of these kids and I'm like, I see you all week long. You, you ain't no Christian, whatever. But honestly, what it told me was you could be a Christian without changing. And that's not how it works. It's not really how it works. Now, can you be saved and not change? Yep. But you can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ and never be changed. Second thing, if you want to live intentional life so your shadow is impactful, your shadow is never inconsistent with your life. Think about that. When we make shadow puppets, it's based on exactly what is in front of that light, right? So it's never inconsistent. Maybe distort it a little bit. Oh, I wish I, I just now had the thought. I wish I'd have pulled up a video I, I saw on TikTok the other day of a poor child. I don't know. Anybody's kid ever been deathly afraid of their shadow? My kids never did. This poor child was running and screaming bloody murder because they thought this shadow was chasing them. And the devil was coming. And it was just the, the most hysterical but sad thing I've ever seen. But you got to understand that your shadow, your life, is not going to be inconsistent with how you are living. So you cannot project a reflection that is different from the reflection of how you're living life. Now, if you want people to see kindness and faith and compassion, you have to live it. You have to live it day in and day out, not just one time. Not just, whoo, I'm going to throw something in the plate today and I feel good, right? We have to live it. Now, social media is not always the reflection of our lives. It's sometimes a projection of what we want people to see. You know, when we put that Bible out and wish I had my cup of coffee because I put it up here and I don't know, the lighting is not good. Let me, let me. You spend more time on that picture you took than you probably did reading the Bible, right? And that's just a projection. We try to make life look good. But like hand shadows, yeah, maybe maybe Tori temporarily can make a bird fly, but she don't walk around 24-7. Woohoo! Does she, Zach? Okay, good. Just checking. When you got young kids, I don't know. Mamas can walk around looking a little flitty all day with little kids. So just like when you do a hand shadow, that's temporary. But your real shadow is going to cast, and people are going to see it. They're going to know who you are by how we live our life. So our true shadow is the rest of the day. Great. Take those great pictures. I love them. You, if you're on my social media, you know I love them. Nobody in here does TikTok except maybe Amy Jo and Brittany that sees my TikTok. It's sunrises. It's me. I'm the cray-cray woman out in my pajamas in the morning just trying to find the perfect angle in my yard. 
trying to get that perfect little sunrise and throw some scripture in there. But it's the rest of the day that speaks what my shadow is. How do we speak to other people? People that are in our life by choice, people that are in our life by proximity, people that just divine acquaintance, I'm buying groceries today, or I had to run this errand, this is who I ran into, right? Third thing, an impactful shadow comes from a life impacted by God's ongoing work through his spirit. I said earlier that despite what your parent's shadow or your family's shadow is in your life, it does not define who you are. Because I wouldn't be standing here (laughs) if it did. I loved my daddy, but my daddy had a unique shadow. (laughs) My daddy dealt with addictions. My daddy did jail time before I was born. Federal kind of jail time. Things that I didn't know about till I was older. But it still put me in a shadow because everybody in town knew about it. So I was Gail's daughter. And that always carried something with it that I wasn't sure what that meant, right? But it did not define who I am. But that's because I let God do some changing in my life. Jeremiah 18, 2 and 4, the Lord told him, said, the Lord gave another message to Jeremiah, and this is what he told Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop, and I'll speak to you there. So Jeremiah went down, he did as the Lord told him, found the potter working at his will. But the jar he was making, the potter was making, wasn't turning out the way he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. If we want to have a lasting impact on people, then we need to pay attention to what God was showing Jeremiah. Because I don't know, if you're like me, if you walked into that potter shop, maybe your eyes are focused on what the potter is doing, right? Because we want to learn from him, right? But I don't think that's what God was telling him at all in this passage. Because the, the point is, we're the clay. We're the clay. Problem is, we try to be the potter, of our life way too often. We want to shape it. We have ideas. We have goals. We we know what we want, but in order for our shadow to be impactful, we have to let God continue to work in us to shape that shadow, which means we have to yield to the potter. You have to yield to God's hands. When, when you read a scripture, or I preach a sermon, and it makes your skin crawl. It's because the potter is wanting to do some shaping in your life. But have you let him? Because you have to yield to his hands. You have to yield to his design of things. You have to yield to his process. Man, that's hard for some of us. We're control freaks. We want it to do it our way. I've always done it this way, and this is just the way I'm going to do it. Right? This is how we break free, though, from the influence of some of those shadows that we can say were negative impacts in our life. 
If you go home and, and today I, I'm not going to pull up all these scriptures, but especially if you have the Uversion app, if you go home and you just um, search up shadows in your Bible app and pull up the book of Psalms, you're going to find some of the most beautiful Psalms about finding rest. Where? In the shelter of God's shadow. So you see, we have all these influences of people in our life, but the biggest influence that can change your life is when you sit in the shadow of the Father. And we find that He's the shelter. He's the refuge. He's everything that we need. But when's the last time you let Him take what was broken and start over? Because we all have a broken story. It differs from each one of us. But we all have broken stories. Number four, our greatest impact does not come from our access to many, but our access to a few. So if I inspire you from a distance, that's great. That's short-lived. I know that there are some, because of COVID, they're watching from home online and, 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 you know, they'd be here if they could. But I also know there's some out there that this is just scattering seeds. Like, I don't know who could watch us. And that's okay. But I don't have any real impact in their life until it becomes close proximity. Until somebody sends me a message And we began a conversation. And that happens, church. Let me tell you, that happens. So Jesus, he spoke to the crowds. But it was the few in his inner circle that changed the world. You know, we we sometimes get caught up. We, We think about big stages and big crowds, right? But God is thinking in coffee shops and small relationships. That's why uh, any of you that's ever been to a huge conference, and man, we go, we get fired up, and it's awesome. Maybe it was extravaganza. Maybe it was one of our women of faith conferences. Oh, I love women of faith. It did change my life. But what helped change it was... When we left, we turned it into one-on-one conversations. And I remember that first one, Diane, and I remember we came out, we're sitting in that parking garage, and I remember Donna Bean asking, you know, what did you guys, what did you think about it? And I just said, I want to do that. What was that, 2000 and, 2000, 2001, it was 2001 was our first one. And when I said that, I I didn't mean like be a preacher, like that still wasn't on the, but I just thought, wow, they encouraged people. They took the broken pieces of their lives and turned it into that. I want to do that. So yes, you can, you can get fired up at these big conferences, but you got to come home and turn it into one-on-one conversations to make it a lasting thing. You know, we, we see websites and followers, you know, this has been the biggest discussion for the past year for pastors trying to figure out this whole, you know, online and how do we track people and how do we know who's on? And I'm like, guys, I'm always the one going, just chill out. Just get up there and preach your message every week. And, you know, sometimes I'm thinking whatever happens online, it happens online. If it don't, it don't. And, and that's that. Because whether there's five of you sitting here or 50 of you sitting here, It doesn't change what I'm called to do. Just preach the word. 
So we, we think in big crowds, but God thinks small relationships. We see the conferences, God says, just do life together. Church, you want to you wanna cast a huge shadow today? Everybody go straight down to Lighthouse and grab the best lunch you're going to have. Hey, family, it's the best lunch you're going to have today because I ain't cooking when I get home. <laughs> All right, three for us. <laughs> but you know, that, that, that gives them a shadow of, wow, that church just really turned out. Even if it's just go drop five bucks off at their window and say that's, that's just a donation. Those are the kind of shadows. You know, the lie is that you, and I'm talking to you, church, you think, I don't have influence. I don't have a platform. Like, I don't have many followers on social media. I don't, I don't really see a whole bunch. Of, that's a lie. If you have one conversation this week, you have a platform for Jesus Christ. One conversation. Yeah, that doesn't change the world. Really? John chapter 4, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see me, they begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. One conversation, sitting at the well, changed an entire village. That's the platform you have. That's the impact of your shadow. And that brings me to the last thing, number five, because some of you are quaking in your boots right now. Obeying God's impulse. In other words, take the seven-second risk. Seven seconds to just be brave enough to have a conversation with somebody. That small nudge, that small voice we get sometimes that nudges us to just speak kind words to somebody. Or have you ever been in the the line and, and you just thought, man, I could pay for that person's stuff. Mm, but then, I don't know, they, they might think I'm some creeper or whatever, and, and then we talk ourselves out of it. But have you ever noticed when that happens, we talk ourselves out of it? Anybody else, you walk away and then you feel that gut of regret, and you know that you know that was God's little voice. Diane, seven seconds you and I lived with so long was my brother sitting here, and we both had the urge to say, hey, I'll go to the altar with you. And we didn't. <laughs> And we lived for years wondering about my brother's salvation just because we didn't obey seven seconds. Talk to a stranger. Give like you've never given before. You can't get a yes without risking a no. Wow. And then you have to understand, even if you still get the no, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the life you're offering through Jesus Christ. We all have a shadow. What does your shadow tell others about you? I hope this is a message that bugs you all week long.
<laughs> Sorry, that's going to be my prayer for you. <laughs> my kids hate that my prayer is always, Lord, if they're into something they don't need to be in, please let them get caught. Alex hates that prayer. I told him before he went back to college, you know I still pray that, right? <laughs> yes, Mom, I know. <laughs> so my prayer for you this week is, Lord, I want you to bug them. I want them to see their shadow everywhere they go. Because I want them to understand the impact that they have through their words, Lord, through their actions. Are you leading people towards God or are you pushing them away? Are you sure people can even see Jesus in your shadow? Hmm. So if you're sitting here this week and, and maybe you've been doing the reading plan with us and you're like, it's not really changing. I'm just doing it because the pastor's making us and now they keep posting on Facebook. So if I don't put my check mark with everybody else, then they know I quit. And then, you know, BJ's pressuring us into this, right? No, I'm not. This is the only thing that changes your shadow. So if this week while you're reading the plan, you know, some of you, man, y'all grumbled about Job. I almost preached on Job today just because <laughs> just because y'all grumbled so much. <laughs> I had people sending me texts. Thank gosh, that's over because I hate Job. You know why we hate Job? Because it does remind us that life is life. And sometimes bad things happen. We don't understand the why. But I love Job because it gives you the hope that God says, I haven't left you. I'm still right there with you. And together we'll pick up the pieces. But this week as you're reading, and we're back in Genesis. Now I know somebody said, why are we jumping around? Why did we start Genesis, jump to Job, now we're back to Genesis? Because they're trying to put it in chronological order. And they believe the story of Job happened before Abraham came along, see? So as we go through this reading plan and you feel like it jumps around, it's because it's trying to give you a chronological read of God's word. And so this week, I want you to think about the story about the potter. And as you're reading that word, I want you to stop trying to be the potter and start letting him mold you as the potter with his word. Church, you have a shadow. What are you doing with it? Because even if you're ignoring this message of, ah, I don't affect anybody. Yeah, you do. You do. Because most of you have people in your life that they know you're a Christian. And they're trying to figure out, well, why does their shadow not match their words? Why don't I see Jesus? Why don't I see peace? Why don't I see mercy? Why don't I see grace? And if that's what it looks like, I don't want it. And maybe this message has you thinking about somebody that has influenced you in a positive way. Go thank them this week. Tell them thank you for the shadow they have cast in your life. Stand with me this morning, church. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and God, this is a serious message because this lays on us the responsibility of sharing the good news, the grace, and the hope, and the love of God. And I pray for every person hearing this message now and who will pick it up later. 
that God, it changes them because of who you are. God, someone here today needs to break free from the chains of the shadows of their past. The things in our our past life, Lord, the things of our parents and our family and things that we had no control of, it does not define who we are in you. And someone needs a new hope today and a new vision of what life can look like. Their shadow can be different. And I pray that this morning someone will finally reach out and accept that. God, someone in here today, they didn't understand the influence they do have. They have friends, Lord, that don't know you. And they may never step foot in a church. And it's only their shadows that are going to make a difference. So I pray that we begin to examine those shadows next to your word, Lord, and let you be the potter. May we yield control this week and let you redefine what we look like. And Father, I pray for those that are in our shadows. That God, that they will see you in us. That God, they'll begin to ask questions. That God, they'll begin to crave this peace that you give that makes no sense. God, I just pray for the influence we have and for those that we come in contact this week. May we be mindful and not rush past those conversations when one conversation can change an entire family and an entire community, Lord. May we be mindful of that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church, have a wonderful day, a blessed day. Go be a blessing to someone else. We'll see you Wednesday night. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.